Ladies and gentlemen, may I direct your attention to something quite extraordinary? Now, the Hunt Palmer Show. The Hunt Palmer Show on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Live from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge Studios. This is Hunt Palmer. Two Monday edition of the Hunt Palmer Show. We'll talk Saints here in 15 minutes. Black and gold Delta loss at home to the Detroit Lions. But speaking of Lions, LSU had to deal with some Lions of their own on Friday. So while you were very likely and for good reason watching Oregon and Washington play in the Pac-12 championship game, the LSU basketball team was taking on Southeastern. And honestly, it was going about like you would think it would go. Um, LSU was in control of the game, had a lead pretty much the entire game, stretched the lead out in the second half, and with five minutes to go in the game, LSU's got a 12-point lead. And that's about what you would think. It was, I think the line was 17. You kind of you know play out the string, hit some free throws late, maybe knock in a three or two, and you win the game by 17, 20 points. Like, that's... That's where this thing was headed for LSU and Southeastern. And with four minutes and 30 seconds to go, Tyrell Ward fouled Carlos Paez. And Paez went to the line and made two free throws. Now, it was deemed a... Uh, the, it was a, a shots-in-the-ball foul situation, so it was, a, it was not just a common foul. And so... Southeastern got the ball back, and Ward did it again to Pius, and he made two free throws. And then, when Southeastern got the ball back after those free throws, Ward fouled Pius shooting a three-pointer. Carlos Pius made seven free throws on one trip down the floor and cut the lead from 12 to 5 on one possession. LSU never touched the basketball. Come on now. That's not what we need. That's just not. And at that point, things did get hairy because Southeastern got a stop. Jordan Wright missed a three. Then they came down and hit a layup to cut the lead to three. Jordan Wright split free throws, so LSU led by four. Then Southeastern gets a run out, and they get fouled, and they hit two free throws to make the lead two with two minutes and 19 seconds to go. Now, at that point, LSU went to the line and did what it had to do. Baker made a couple free throws. Williams made a couple free throws. LSU got the stops they needed. Um, Then Southeastern did hit a three with 30 seconds to go to cut it to three points. But Jordan Wright went to the line, made them both to get it to five. LSU got a stop. Wright went back to the line, and LSU wins by seven. So while you can paint this game two different ways, um, it was just... LSU controlled that game really for 35 minutes. And then you had that wild possession that, I mean, you don't get a lot of seven-point possessions. But you have two flagrant fouls and you foul a three-point shooter. You give up seven points in possession. That tips the scales in a pretty large way. And then Southeastern gets some confidence and they hit a bucket. And then all of a sudden you're in a a dogfight. So, again, I could paint it that LSU had a commanding 12-point lead with four minutes to go and then had one bad possession. Or I could look up and say, hey, LSU was only beating Southeastern by two points with two minutes to go. 
both are true, but if you watch the game, LSU kind of controlled it, as they should. Southeastern lost to BYU by 50. Do I want LSU to be in a two-point game against Southeastern with two minutes to go? I do not. I would like it to be a little cleaner than that. But that wonky possession threw everything out of whack. Now, if you look at LSU, statistically speaking, Mike Williams was the best statistical player on the team. Uh, he was 5 of 7 from the floor. He was 2 of 4 on threes. He has struggled shooting the ball from three-point range. Um, he dished out four assists. And he only had one turnover. He did have a steal. Um, he led LSU in minutes with 30. And and well, um, and Matt McMahon really liked his contribution to the game. I think that there's a chance Williams could be a pretty good player. I think he's still... Um, young for this level. I don't want to use the term raw because he does seem to have a good head on his shoulders. Um, I would call like Tyrell Ward raw. He's got so much physical ability, so athletic, great frame, um, can shoot the basketball, but at times he'll turn it over. At times, like I'm just talking about, he committed three fouls on one possession. Like on floor awareness can be an issue for Tyrell, Tyrell Ward at times. I don't think that's the case with Williams. He's not as physically gifted as Tyrell Ward. He's not as tall. He's not as athletic, but he had a really nice night. Uh, in the game. And I like the way that Jordan Wright shot it. He was three of six from three point range. He'd been struggling. He still turns the ball over far too much. He had four turnovers again on Friday. And that's just been kind of a, a puzzling thing with him. He turned it over a little bit at Vanderbilt. And obviously LSU is asking him to do a little bit more ball handling because they don't have a true point guard. Um, but he's, he's just been turning the ball over. And I don't know if that's the reason that Matt man brought Jordan Wright off the bench um, or if that was just a matchup thing, I, I'm not sure. Um, but he did start Tyrell Ward in this game and brought Jordan Wright off the bench, and Wright responded uh, with 16 points. And and look, Will Baker was excellent in this game again. 18 points for Baker. Um, he was 7 of 9 on his free throws, 5 of 8 from the floor. Um, and in just 25 minutes of action, he goes for 18 points and 7 rebounds. I thought he did a good job. Foul trouble uh, was, was what got him in trouble. And that's something that's starting to show itself with this team is you're getting your bigs in foul trouble. You know, Jalen Reed fouled out of the Dayton game when he was playing so well and Baker was in foul trouble in this game because your guards are not doing a good enough job at stopping drill penetration coming off the wings. And if your guards can't guard on the wing and out at the three point line, it puts your rim protectors in a very, very vulnerable spot. And unless she's already down one rim protector because Damian Collins got hurt a couple weeks ago, so he's not able to help you. It's really just Baker and Jalen Reed. Um, you're throwing Hunter Dean in there for a few minutes here and there. He played eight minutes in the game on Friday. But you're you're going to get your big guys. And if Will Baker gets in foul trouble a lot, LSU is going to be toast in SEC games. They need him to facilitate the offense because they don't have guards. They can get shots whenever they want them. Um, and they're not relying on the three-point ball very much. The, the offense needs to be initiated through Will Baker, and they can't initiate the offense through Will Baker if he's sitting on the bench because your guards can't play defense and he's getting in foul trouble because guys are attacking the rim and he's having to protect it. So that's something that LSU's got to clean up. And then the last thing that was just awful in this game uh, on Friday was the turnovers. LSU committed 17 turnovers against Southeastern. Come on. 17 turnovers? That is totally unacceptable um, in terms of, of taking care of the basketball. Um, those turnovers uh, turned into only 10 Southeastern points because you're playing Southeastern, but you, you cannot turn the basketball over that many times. It's just it's just unacceptable. And um, it's something that obviously Matt Man knows he's got to get cleaned up. I mean, hell, Southeastern only turned it over 11 times in the game. So, and it was it was a lot of people. Jordan Wright had four. Will Baker had three. Jalen Reed had three. Tyrell Ward had three. 
Williams was the only guy that was handling a lot that was actually taking care of it when when he got to basketball. So, look, um, an uneven performance from LSU, probably not as awful as you might think if you looked up and said, ah, uh, look, they were only up two with two minutes to go against Southeastern. Weird circumstances created that, but um, LSU led the game by seven at the half, and they finished it off and won it by seven. 73-66 to 66 was the final. As I mentioned, um, LSU is off for finals this week. Um, they never play a game on finals week, so they'll they'll get finals all finished up um, this week. Uh, rest of the student body will go home, and they'll continue to play some basketball. Uh, next up for LSU is a big one on Saturday against Kansas State. Um, Kansas State, obviously, a team that was in the Elite Eight under uh, under Coach Tang last year. Um, they've had a couple setbacks early this year, but still a good basketball team, a good basketball program, an opportunity for LSU to get some people into the PMAC and and maybe get a, a nice uh, nice out of conference win. They played reasonably enough against Wake Forest and North Texas in Charleston. Going to have to elevate that level of play. Certainly going to have to be better than they were against Syracuse back on uh, on last Tuesday. But uh, Kansas State coming up on Saturday. Get your tickets if you hadn't. It's a one thirty tip, twelve thirty Central Time tip uh, in the PMAC against the Wildcats. All right, moving on up. Let's talk about the Saints. That's next. The Hunt Palmer Show. LWCC is Louisiana loyal, elevating and celebrating champions of Louisiana. Marucci Sports, a champion of Louisiana. It was started in the Baton Rouge backyard. Now one of the leading innovators in baseball technology. They got their baseball performance lab. People come from all over the country to work there or to just test it out and see what information they can gather from Marucci. Far more than just a bat company. They also help us out in terms of tourism dollars. They host the Marucci World Series each and every summer. And that brings thousands of youth athletes, coaches, and parents to our city to spend their tourism dollars. Marucci Sports, certainly a champion of Louisiana. If you know a champion of Louisiana, whether it's a business, nonprofit, or a person that's doing awesome philanthropic work here in our state, we want to tell their story, and LWCC gives us that ability with our Champions of Louisiana program. So go to lwcc.com slash champions and nominate a champion of Louisiana. Marucci Sports, the champion of Louisiana. LWCC is Louisiana loyal. ESPN Baton Rouge and Citizens Bank and Trust invite you to bling in the holidays. Register today at 1045ESPN.com to win a $10,000 custom piece of jewelry handcrafted by Stuart Selassie himself. Bling in the holidays with Citizens Bank and Trust, Selassie Jewelry, and 1045ESPN.com. This is the Hunt Palmer Show on 1045 ESPN Baton Rouge. We got punched in the mouth early on in this game, and, and I thought our guys fought back and battled back. Uh, obviously, we, we understand there's no participation trophies in our league, so uh, you know we're going to take the loss. We're going to own it. Uh, but there was a lot of things that I was encouraged by uh, in the game. So, um, you know, but obviously we've got to we've got to still play better. So go ahead. <laughs> Again, I, I don't really care what coaches say. Um, you just got to win games, but being really encouraged by that game um, is certainly a choice. Uh, you got a home game and you're fighting for your life in the division and you lost because you got down 21 to nothing. And you got to feel, feel encouraged. That's Dennis Allen uh, after the Saints 33 to 28 loss to Detroit. And we'll talk a little bit about the game. Um, certainly hate to see Derek Carr go down We'll see what the severity of that is as the week goes on. He's in concussion protocol, and there's a rib injury of some sort as well. 
Um, and they're, you know, they made the decision to go with Taysom Hill in the red zone. And there, there are some, there are some football things worth discussing. But to me, the bigger issue here is the the fan base, the energy around the organization, and the decisions that need to be made moving forward for the New Orleans Saints. I was concerned on Friday, and if you heard my prediction for the game, I was concerned that the Dome could turn on the Saints. This is one of the most loyal fan bases in the NFL. This has been, over the last two decades, one of the most feared environments in American professional sports. And right now, that fan base that is so loyal is furious. And they're bordering on apathetic. And because of that, multiple people that were in the Superdome yesterday said that crowd was damn near 50-50. Lions and Saints. Now, New Orleans is a great December trip, especially if you live in Detroit where the high today I just checked is 40. You want to get out of that? Come on down to the French Quarter. Watch your good football team play. That's a heck of a trip to make. So that shouldn't come as a huge shock. Lions fans have a terrible weather situation right now and a good football team. The Saints have a bad football team, and the weather down here is pretty good in December. So it makes sense that a lot of Lions fans would make that this trip, which doesn't come up on their schedule every year. But they got those tickets from somewhere. And they're from Saints fans who don't care. And the ones who cared enough to show up yesterday booed the starting quarterback every time he set foot on the field until he got hurt. Now, booing's not my thing. I don't really get it. Seems to me like you would want to encourage your team. You would want to cheer for them, try to support them as they're going through it. But you buy the ticket, you buy the $10 beer, you want to go in there and say, Derek Carr, you suck. Screw you for making $150 million. I bought this ticket, and I'm going to tell you how bad you are. If that's your way of going about things, I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. I don't see what it accomplishes unless you're telling me that that's the, that's the decision maker for, for Gail Benson and for Dennis Lausch to make some decisions with the front office and the head coach. Whatever. But I would suggest that you try to lift up the team. But they didn't. It was an absolute, it was a hostile environment for the Saints early in that game. And so Dennis Allen was asked, like, did you hear the crowd booing your team? You know, I mean, I think it was, it was, you know, it was noticeable. Um, and that's our job to change it. So, um, you know, I, I was proud of the way that our guys, you know, fought back, got back into the game, gave ourselves a real opportunity. Um, and, and at the end, we just couldn't get it done. And it did. And the Saints did. They fought back from a 21-point deficit, and they had a chance to take the lead in the game. Um but to me, the, 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 the toxicity around the fan base and the organization is the bigger story. And so when Derek Carr comes out of the game and is injured, Jameis Winston comes in and, you know, he, he gives you the, the full Jameis experience. Um, but it, part of that experience is him meeting with the media. And he talked about the fact that the, the home fans were booing. From my position, I'm always lifting Derek up. But from the city's position, like I agree with Tyron. I believe that we got to give them something to cheer for. I know that's, that can be difficult at times, but he was very resilient. He answered the, the bell. But to the fans, we function off your support. And I know that we got to come in and give y'all something to cheer for. But just know that you, imp- you impact us because we're trying to, to lift you up. We're trying to put on a show 
for you. So your support, your cheering, the inspiration that you give us is this is why we do this. We do this for you. Um, we wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for you all. So I just encourage all of y'all to to get behind us. Like that's what this city is about. This city is about resilience. This city is about, you know, building and staying together. Jameis has some bad sound bites throughout his career. Um, that's undeniable. That's not one of them, in my opinion. I thought that was incredibly well said, and I agree with that sentiment. Now, I know that there are many that don't. And as I just laid out, like, hey, I buy the ticket. I think they're playing like crap. I want to fire the coach. I don't like the quarterback. They're going to hear from me about it. But I just, I don't, I just don't, that doesn't work for me. For me, it's like, man, we're still in this thing. Let's, Let's try to win this game. Let's be supportive. Let's cheer on the defense. Let's not boo the quarterback every time he comes on the field. But again, that's just the way it goes. Um, and that's the feeling around the fan base. And it just, it felt like in the first quarter yesterday that it was possible we were seeing the last few hours of the Dennis Allen era. If that thing gets to 48 to 7 or something, like that could have been the breaking point, I think. But to the Saints' credit and the players' credit, working through the adversity of the Lions being pretty good and the home crowd being super cranky, they played through it and gave themselves a chance, and they just didn't quite get it done. And Dennis Allen was asked after the game, like, do, do all these close losses y'all continue to suffer week after week, do they, do they erode the team's confidence? Yeah, I don't think there's anything eroding the confidence of this team right now. I mean, you know, we're going to keep chopping wood. All right, and that's the only thing you can do in this league. Uh, we're going to leave the naysaying to everybody else outside the building. We're just going to focus on what we have to do to try to improve in those areas so that hopefully we can eventually break through and, and win some of these one-score games that you're talking about uh, because we're obviously close, um, and, and we just got to keep chopping wood. It was um, – I, I, I liked some of the things I saw yesterday as in terms of a football perspective. I loved – Taysom Hill taking over in the red zone. I love that they got him 13 carries and he ran it for 4.5 a carry and he, he scored a touchdown. They basically out of necessity had to get Jimmy Graham active and out there on the field and he comes in and makes a, a big touchdown catch. Alave was healthy enough to go and he goes over 100 yards with 119. Uh, they got Kamara as many touches as they could. He touched it 20 times and came up uh, with over 100 yards on the day. He scored a couple of touchdowns. He's fighting hard. He's, he's playing as hard as he can. Um, it was just too deep a hole because you came out there and once again, the Saints don't get off the bus. They have been playing from behind for over a month. We went through all the numbers last week of, of how often the Saints get behind, but really since like Green Bay, they've been getting behind. They let the Bears go right down the field on them and take a lead, which was inexplicable. They got way behind against Jacksonville. They got behind at Minnesota. They fell behind against Atlanta last week. Like, they're just always playing from behind. And now it's difficult for me to sit here and suggest that the Saints defense is among the 10 best in the NFL. That was something I would have been very comfortable talking about in September. But now that we're in December and, and the Lions scored 33 and the Falcons, who can't decide who their quarterback is, scored 24. And the Vikings, who just got their quarterback a week prior, scored 27. And Tyson Bajit came down and, and was, was putting together scoring drives 
um, to Cole Komet against the Bears. You played a backup quarterback against the Colts, and they scored 27. Jaguars hung 31 on you. I, I, it's, it's not a bad defense. They're not terrible, but it's not the elite unit that we thought finished the season last year holding everybody under 20 and starting the season this year holding the Titans to 15, holding the Panthers to 17. Um, the Packers only scored 18 points. Like, And then you're looking, you're going, well, they've, they've strung this massive um, amount of weeks together where they haven't even allowed anybody to go over 20 points. Like That's incredible defense this day and age in the NFL. And now you look up and you go, well, they're not that great on defense and they're, they have no identity on offense whatsoever. Can't run the ball, stink in the red zone. Cars made some bad picks. They do move the ball a little bit. It, it, there's just there's nothing consistent about what the Saints offense is, and and now you've got a, a quarterback who might be you know compromised maybe for the rest of the year. I mean, this might be Jameis's team the rest of the go. We'll see what the the decision is here moving forward, and what the news is on the severity of Darren Carr's issue. It's it's multifaceted here with the the head side of it and the rib side of it. Maybe it's just time for him to shut it down this year. I know he won't think of it that way. And when you're making 150 million bucks, like I realize there's probably a, a, a part of you. It's like, I need to go out there and, and play and help my team win. But you start dealing with concussions and we saw what happened to Tua last year. It just becomes so much easier to have it happen again and again and again. So it's just, it's just all a bad spot here. The crazy um, part was though on Sunday, they were actually good in the red zone. Yeah. But, well, but the defense just, just, Continues to yeah, the defense continues to seemingly just decline almost every week. Yeah, and then look, Laporta was the go-to guy, the go-to guy, the go-to guy all day long. Then you get into a huge third down spot where the lines are going to go for it, try to run the clock out, and you leave him in single coverage against a rookie. Dude, I was listening to the radio for that part. I was had to go buy a hose to pressure wash the house, so I was listening to that part of the game. And the the Lions break the huddle and they come out, and Deuce goes, "I'm doubling Laporta. Do not let him be the guy." And then Haas golf back to throw over the middle. There he is again. It's Laporta first down, and Deuce is just, "How could you let that happen? You got a rookie on the guy that's been killing you all day." And well, that's exactly what happened. So it's just there's just not a lot of positivity around the Saints, and it just feels like things have to be changed. And, and as I mentioned back in the first hour. Um, Pro Football Focus put their first mock draft out today and had uh, had Jaden Daniels going ninth to the Saints. You want a you want a shot of life down here in South Louisiana? That would be one if uh, if Jaden Daniels got drafted by New Orleans. But for now, uh, it's Derek Carr and potentially Jameis Winston, and the Saints have lost three in a row. They play the Panthers at home this week. Carolina's not very good, so maybe you can get off the Schneid. And then look, you got the Giants at home, uh, so you would figure the defense will be pretty good the next two weeks. Just a matter of if is it too little, too late uh, for New Orleans. It's uh, just a, a bummer of a situation as the Saints lose it 33-28. to 28. As we get more information on Derek Carr, we will certainly uh, do our best to pass that along. All right, when we come back, LSU's got a bowl opponent. I'll tell you what I think about the entire situation. That's next. You are now listening to the Hunt Palmer Show. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Been thinking about joining FanDuel? No better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash 104.5 ESPN and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and present in Louisiana. First online money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. $10 first deposit required. Card. Bonus issues, knowledge, all bonus bets expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or somebody knows a gaming problem wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. 
You're listening to The Hunt Palmer Show on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. There was a time uh, where yesterday was one of the coolest days on the college football calendar where all the bowl matchups got announced and had that college football bowl mania used to do where you do the confidence points on every win that you pick. And if you're a fan of a certain team, you get to see where your team is going and you're going to play an unfamiliar opponent from a different conference. And, um, you know, there there was generally a lot on the table uh, at that point. And I'm just going to be very, very honest with you, the listener here. Um, I'm not going to feed you anything over the next month that's talking about winning 10 games or, you know, finishing the season off right or any of that stuff. In my opinion, these bowl games are D-E-A-D dead. If you need any evidence whatsoever, look at the last two that LSU has played in. That Whatever we watched in Houston against Texas against Kansas State was a waste of everyone's time. You had a receiver playing quarterback. And then last year, Purdue's coach left, quarterback left, all-conference wide receiver left, all-conference tight end left. They had nobody left. LSU beat them by 100. Nobody cares. Everyone's in the transfer portal. Look on Twitter. Ohio State's quarterback just left. I I cannot muster one single ounce of give a damn about the results of these bowl games. I can't. Now, if you want to sell me, we'll get a chance to see Garrett Nussmeyer play a full game. Okay, I'm in for that. That's fine. I don't care if you win or lose. But... This is not about finishing the season off strong. The season ended when the clock hit zero against Texas A&M because that's what we've reduced this to. You open up the transfer portal. Coaches are leaving, going all over the place. I mean, who's A&M has no head coach. Their offensive coordinator works for Arkansas now. The defensive line coach is leaving to go to Syracuse. Their staff's looking for jobs. Their players are leaving. Walter Nolan, gone. Evan Stewart, Probably gone. That they don't care about their bowl game. Play Oklahoma State in the Texas Bowl on a Wednesday night. Again, at one point this was a big deal, and I I prefer that. I would love it if everyone took bowl games really seriously. The fact of the matter is, you're out of the playoff. Nobody cares. And you can come at me and say, oh, I care. You put on that helmet. You get out there. You, you should finish the season off right. They're just not doing it. I don't know what to tell you. So I don't care that LSU's playing Wisconsin. I looked up Wisconsin. I don't know anything about Wisconsin, so I looked up their record this year. You realize this is a team in Wisconsin that lost back-to-back games to Indiana and Northwestern where they scored a total of 24 points. If LSU went out at full strength with Jaden Daniels, with Brian Thomas, with Malik Neighbors, they would beat this team by 30. Because LSU would score 45 on them, like they do on everybody. 
and Wisconsin can't score. 10 on Northwestern, 14 on Indiana, 10 on Ohio State, 6 on Iowa, 22 on Washington State. But again, I don't know who's going to be playing for Wisconsin. I don't know who's going to be playing for LSU. And we won't have that information for a little bit of time. So while this used to be one of the cool things to go, oh, cool, we're playing a team from the Big Ten that I don't really know anything about. It's a step out, you're going to Florida, New Year's Day. Sorry. I'm, I'm just not going to sell you that bill of goods that this is an important thing and that 10 wins is a big deal. It's just the season ended against A&M. And I don't think there's anything you can do to get this bowl thing back. Again, quarterbacks are leaving. Coordinators and coaches are gone. Who's calling plays for A&M? I don't know. The last two bowl games LSU has played in have been total and complete jokes. And I don't know if this one's going to be or not. So really all I'm worried about for LSU in this bowl game is don't get hurt and let's see what Garrett Nussmeyer and Caleb Jackson can do. It's a a showcase for the young players. It's really all it is. Let's put this on a poll, Beck. Like, um, how do you feel about LSU in the Rely Quest Bowl. Don't care. Fired up. Need 10 wins. Get get creative with some of the potential answers you can throw up there. I'm curious if, if I'm the only one who thinks this way. I don't think you are. Especially after the, the, the Kansas State game two years ago. I think after that, a, a lot well, of LSU last fans year wasn't any better. LSU no. was on the other side of it. Right, right. I think, I think people were a lot more accepting or a lot... LSU fans are going to be happy. If LSU wins by 30, they don't care who they're playing. They're going to be happy, but but yeah, I do agree. I think uh, it's. I don't think. I don't think many people, except for the super LSU fan, are really going to be caring about this. I mean, I, obviously Alabama cares. They've got an opportunity to play in the playoff. That goes without saying. Um, but I don't think Georgia gives a damn about Florida State. Is Brock Bowers going to play in that game? No. I, I mean, that's. I, I do think too, though, if LSU was playing a, a Notre Dame, like let's say LSU is playing Notre Dame in this in this bowl game, I think there's a little bit more juice for it. Just because of Kelly? Because well, yeah, and then also Notre Dame's a pretty good team, but I don't know if Sam Hartman's playing. If you, exactly. Is Audrey that, that playing? That, is the point. Like, I'm sure Missouri is going to go to Dallas lock, stock, and barrel. They're playing Ohio State. They've got an opportunity to, to win 11 games and do something they've never done, win this Access Bowl. Ohio State's quarterback just quit. I mean, do you think they care? They lost to Michigan. Season's over. I, I, it sucks. I hate it. I'm not sitting here saying I love the players opting out, power to the players, that's all great. And, and, and like it bums me out because bowl season was really cool. It is so, so done. And I don't think there's anything you can do to fix it. And they're gonna continue to have the bowls because it's football in December and it turns TV sets on. And so they're going to continue to have them, and we're going to continue to send skeleton crews, both coaching and player-wise, to these games. And it's a glorified scrimmage. Oh, and oh, by the way, Notre Dame will be playing Oregon State in their bowl game, and Oregon State doesn't have a quarterback. So Yeah, that, DJU. Yeah, see, there's already one. So, and then and Sam Hartman, I wouldn't be surprised if he's Oregon not, State's he's coach is gone. He left for yeah. Michigan State. They don't have him either. So the, both of those games might be featuring backup quarterbacks and then a new coach and whole slew of new players. Let, let John Trey Kirkland play quarterback. 
bring him from wherever whatever practice squad's on. Um, it's just it's a bummer. I'm curious to see what y'all think in the polls. I mean, if you look at the SC Bowl matchups, I'll run through them. A&M's got Oklahoma State in the Texas Bowl. Uh, Clemson is playing Kentucky in the Tax Slayer Bowl, which was the Gator Bowl. That's on uh, December 29th. Missouri and Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl, uh, also on that Friday. Uh, Ole Miss and Penn State will play on December the 30th in uh, in the Peach Bowl. Auburn and Maryland in the Music City Bowl. Uh, and Georgia and Florida State in the Orange Bowl down on South Beach. Um, and then you got my LSU, Wisconsin on New Year's Day, Iowa and Tennessee on New Year's Day as well. Does Brian Ferentz get to coach that game on offense, or they have they relieved him? I duties? think he's yeah. gone. I, my cat could have done equal to his performance in the Big Ten championship game. Uh, just goose eggs. Uh, and then Alabama and Michigan finish things off on uh, on New Year's Day. So it'll be an eleven o'clock game for LSU on New Year's Day. That puts me on the air at nine o'clock. I'll be there with bells on. Um, so. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. I feel like a curmudgeon. I feel like I'm a wet blanket. I feel like I'm an old man yelling at clouds, but I'm done. I, I, I've watched the ridiculous Texas Bowl. I watched the ridiculous, I don't even remember what bowl it was last year, honestly. At LSU. Were they in the Citrus Bowl last year? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I don't even remember. It was, um, it was one of the Orlando ones. It, it was, was either a Camping World or a Citrus. I remember Purdue. I remember Drew Brees on their staff. I remember that Nussmeyer played Oh, it was the Cheez-It Bowl. Cheez-It Bowl. That's right, the Cheez-It Bowl, the yeah, because they had they had the yeah. Cheez-It bath. I would have known every bowl LSU played in from the, from the beginning of time when I was watching, and I don't even remember what it was last year. But, yeah, we, they got a penalty for jumping in the Cheez-It bedroom, yes. whatever it was. Or somebody said to stay in a Cheez-It bed. What a, whatever. Cheez-Its. That's what, that's what we're reduced to. Crackers for bowl season. Um, but it's LSU in Wisconsin at 11 o'clock on ESPN2. Uh, we'll step aside, come back, and finish things up. It is the Hunt Palmer Show. The Hunt Palmer Show. One Bath and Closets. OneBathandClosets.com is the website. Christmas time. Looking for a gift. How about a new closet? Would be pretty well received, I'm imagining. If you just don't have room. You've got so much clutter. You've got suitcases and shoes and suits, and there's hangers everywhere, and you can't find stuff on the ground. There's not enough lighting. I've been there. David Vaughn and his team can help you out with that. They come over with a free consultation. They start it with a questionnaire. Sometimes when you're answering how many shoes you have, maybe it's better if the, the husband leaves the room and the wife says how many shoes they have. But if you get the information across to David Vaughn and his team, they can, they can customize a closet space for your exact situation. And if you're thinking, well, it's just not a great time to pay for that right now, they have financing options available. You've just got to ask about it. Go to onebathandclothes.com. See the pictures that are great work. See the testimonials. They're satisfied customers. I promise you this. They're going to do it right the first time and leave the competition behind. Go to check out uh, that free consultation. It's at onebathandclothes.com. You're listening to the Hunt Palmer Show on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. All right, fast moving Monday here on the Hunt Palmer Show. Appreciate you spending some time with us. Got to close things out with Take It or Leave It. All right, sorry about that. First one here, an indoor golf simulator bar in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, offered free beer until Iowa scored a point of any kind in the Big Ten championship game. The bar made a huge mistake. Take it or leave it. <laughs> I mean, are they still allowing free drinks? Like, can you just still go? Yeah, I, that's what I, I don't know what the stipulation <laughs> is here. I mean, they still haven't scored. 
It's just the greatest thing ever. They can't score a point on anybody ever. It's unbelievable. The over-under on first-half points for them was .5, and they just didn't even sniff it. Well, I guess they sniffed it. They got to the 30-yard line. That's yeah. as far as they got. They never got in the red zone the entire game. And, and the fact that they managed to win 10 games. That's just even in, even in, Even in a not very good Big 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 Ten West is just... So I'm guessing you'll take it, though. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll that's a big it. mistake. Uh, you probably lost a significant bit of cash there. You've got a, a captive audience. You're going to be able to serve a bunch of drinks because you got Iowa in a big game and you've got golf simulators. And then you say, oh, we'll give you free. The team that can't score, you can drink for free until they score. Well, they didn't score. All right, next one here. Sources tell Diana Rossini the Jets want to make a switch at quarterback. The team is leaning towards Zach Wilson to take over, but he's reluctant to step back in. Take it or leave it. <laughs> I got to leave this. Zach, you play quarterback for the Jets. If they say you got to play quarterback, you have to play quarterback. What do you mean he's hesitant to step back in? He doesn't really feel like it, maybe. you know. He stinks, but he's got to play. I mean... I- what are we talking about here? What's his contract? I, I, I don't know. That, that, this is, uh, I don't even know what that means. He's hesitant to step back in. Well, I guess, I guess uh, you know, he's like, oh, well, you all, y'all bench me, so, you know, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not just going to come back and play for you Look, now. buddy, you lost your job to Tim Boyle. Um, however, Tim, it turns out, not very good, so we're going to need you to step back in. Like, I don't understand what has happened in the world of sports. Like, none of the guys in the NBA want to play for their teams. Like, I'm not going out there. You've got, and then you've got a quarterback in the NFL. It's like, yeah, we need you to go play. First and 10, we need, need you out there. Eh. Just like we were talking about the, the football, the bowl games. Nobody yeah. wants to play in those. Well, that's just unbelievable. Yeah. Just very, 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 very poor situation. The Jets, I, I, how do you even evaluate Robert Salt? Like, what are you supposed to say? How can you evaluate almost any coach the Jets have had in the last yeah. 10 years? I mean, it's, it's just a disaster. Not good. All right, next one here. The 49ers are the best team in football. Take it or leave it. Probably got to take that one. I'll take um, it. That was impressive yesterday. I mean, just absolutely annihilated Philly. Credit to Vegas for you know putting the 49ers as favorites there. The Eagles' defense statistically uh, has not been as good, and obviously the 49ers went went full Debo Samuel on them yesterday. He's got so many weapons, and Purdy's playing great. I heard Jimmy say on his show earlier that last week he got Brock Purdy at like 13 14, 14 to, to one, one yeah. 14 to one. So that's uh, that's pretty good, pretty good cash right there. I think there's a real chance. Um, I still give Philly a chance in the playoffs if they meet again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right now I think San Francisco is the best. It's I think Miami might be the most, most frightening at times just because they can get going so fast offensively. But in terms of just the entire package, how physical they are, playmakers, and the way the quarterbacks play, and I think San Francisco probably the best bet right now in the league. Hunt the IST in the NBA, the in-season oh, tournament. Baby. The Pels are in the final four. Wow. Hang a banner. Wow. Take it or leave it. Do they have any banners in the blender? Yeah, they, they've got, got some pistol? division. Uh, I think they've got some division okay. uh, champs uh, banners in there. I'm going to I'm gonna have to stop short of the in-season tournament final four. Um, I, would, I would venture to guess if you gave me all day in Baton Rouge and I couldn't go ask Mario... I would not be able to find a single person in the Baton Rouge area that can explain to me how the in-season tournament works. I don't think there's one. Can you? I think so. I haven't really researched a whole lot, but it is similar to how they do soccer tournaments, so I think I do understand somewhat. You got me beat. Um, I have no idea how the in-season tournament works, um, but the Pels, congrats for advancing. Uh, I know they play tomorrow. We'll chat with Sharif about that, but I think we got to stop short. I, I, it, I'll 
be irked if the Pelicans win this thing, which I don't even know how you do that, and they put a banner up. So, so the, the way it works is is they, is they have put all they've put they've made groups for the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, okay. and I think the groups are made up of four teams, okay. which I'm not certain on, but I believe it's four teams. Pods, yeah, pods, and so and so the four teams did a round robin, and then the top, I think it's the top team from the group uh, moves on, like the then, World Cup. Yeah, like, it's basically like the World Cup, I think. So group stage, yeah, group stage. Now right. we're in the knockout. So round. now they 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 won their first uh, knockout round game, and so now they're in the final four. I, I can't. How do how how are we supposed to take this serious? I. I we just always have to change something. We, we've got to go play games overseas. We've got to... Everything's always got to change. It's like my, my fantasy football group. They've got to, they've got to tinker with something. they got to twink. Have to uh, innovate. Right? You've got to. You got, now, they, we, we, no defense this year. We want to start a second quarterback. Just It's fantasy football. Just play it. It's the M- NBA. Just play the 82-game season and then play the playoffs. I feel like a big curmudgeon today. I'm okay, really feeling well, curmudgeon. How, how would you feel, though, if, if we did an in-season MLB tournament? Terrible. It doesn't Terrible. exist. There's a tournament after the season. It's fine. All right, last one here. A two-hour talk show with a gum infection. Take oh, it or God. leave it. I'm leaving it. Um, look, I, I know that uh, look, Jordan had the flu game. He had Byron Leftwich getting carried all on the field. I, I got it out in Omaha this year. There's no no doubt about that. I had no voice left and got through a two-hour show at the Ameristar. Yes. Um, I've got an infection right now in the back of my mouth, and it is remarkably painful 24 hours a day this is not fun to get through a two-hour radio show trying to talk through that but jordan shows up with the flu and makes it happen i show up today just what a what a performance Gutsy Virtu- performance virtuoso stuff you know I, i'm the anti-zach wilson He's you are thinking about not, I it, said, if right you in get called in you're going in injured or not no whether question. you got benched you're coming in and look i probably will get benched but you know you show up and and, and you go to work. You, it's a, I'm a lunch, lunch pail mentality. And I got through this somehow, some way. It was really a bummer when I went to the dentist today, and they were like, yeah, it's infected. Not really anything we can do. Here's some rinse. Just wait it out. Like, oh, fun. And you would think, like, with a sore throat, like, it's like like cold drink helps things out. This cold liquid, it just sets it off. I feel like someone is taking an ice pick and jabbing it into the back of my mouth all day, every day. It's a lot of fun. Well, you my made kid, it. You made, kid, you made it, Hunt. You're done I now. Did. My kid doesn't seem to care. He just still rambunctious as ever. I'm trying to lay in bed and not do anything, and he's running all over the place. Whatever. All right, that's it for a Monday edition of the Hunt Palmer Show. I appreciate you all hanging out with us. Open the show today talking about the college football playoff and their decision to uh, to leave out Florida State, put in Alabama. Uh, talked Heisman in the second segment. I think LSU is in good shape there. Jaden Daniels, I believe, well on his way to being the third Heisman Trophy winner in LSU history. Denton Day agrees with all of that. Um, he was with us at 1.30. He's, of course, of uh, Sirius XM's college football overtime. He's with us every single Monday and was at 1.30. Bad weekend for the SEC in basketball. Whenever some of those scores at the end of hour number one. LSU basketball against Southeastern. Gave that a mention at the top of hour number two. The Saints have a serious problem on the field and now a problem off the field as well with the way that their fans feel about the, the organization right now. I talked about that at 2.15. And then my uh, curmudgeonly thoughts on LSU and Wisconsin in the uh, ReliaQuest Bowl. Uh, that was at 2.30. If you missed any of that, catch it on demand. 104.5 ESPN.com's on demand tab, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or on YouTube. Matt's going to drive you home. Coming up next on After Further Review. We're back tomorrow, same time, same place. You're listening to The Hunt Palmer Show.